Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of Valerie, her guests, and callers. Now here's your host, Valerie Kirkgaard. Hey, hey, hey. I am your host. I am Valerie Kirkgaard. I am here today with J.J. Virgin, and you are listening to Waking Up in America. We're a radio magazine, and we like to think that we bring you some of the most inspiring and interesting conversations in radio. So come be a fly on the wall and listen to what's happening here in the world. We have... uh, we have an interesting setup here. We actually call in from our homes and offices all over the United States to cause this program. I actually had one person call in from a jacuzzi once. That was interesting. We, we've we been on the radio since 1987, and we bring you the best of the best. And um, I used to be an Olympic torchbearer, and I think of, actually, you never stop being one. I, I carried the Olympic torch in 1984, and you should see me with my little Olympic hat on and all these things around it never goes away, especially when the Olympics are happening, because what the Olympics stand for is people doing their best, however that looks, and um, some extraordinary courage. Uh, If you've been watching the Olympics at all, you've seen some amazing performances. You've seen people go through huge disappointments. You've seen um, them get up again and continue. Um, It's You've seen them win gold. You've seen surprises. You've seen disappointments. It's just an amazing, amazing experience. But the thing that happens here is that everybody's trying their best and that they get a chance to try their best tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and the next day. So we here at Waking Up in America invite you to take a look and see what your best would be for you. And we we talk frequently as a radio team at least once a week and what we know is, is that we've all profoundly affected each other um, over the time that we've been together. We're, we're men and women. We're Democrats. We're Republicans. Some of us have children. Some of us don't. And at the same time, we each have a vision of wanting to do better, wanting to make something happen smoother, wanting to unearth what's driving things, wanting to wake up in consciousness and have people wake up and join us. We don't claim to be perfect. We're learning every day. But we do claim to hang out in a really good company. So get a paper and pen. Um, there'll be things you want to jot down. And J.J. Virgin, I first met you through Dr. Jeff Patak, but I know that you did work with, um, what's his name? You know that guy, Dr. Phil? Um, Dr. Phil? You mean the big the big TV guy? The big TV guy, right. Mm-hmm. So I know you've done work with him, and I know he's moved on to Match.com. <laughs> I know. He threw weight loss over for dating. I know. Well, you know, what can I say? It's the day after Valentine's Day, J.J., and some of us are, I'm feeling a little bit on the fat side, you know, and I saw your thing about obesity, and you had some interesting things to say. So do you think, she says innocently, that if a person just exercises and eats right, that they'll lose weight? <laughs> what a set-up question. What a set-up question, I admit it. You know, it, it's one of those things that irks me more than anything. Is that We have this model out there, and it's the model of the bank account, in that our bodies are a bank account. So if you need to lose weight, all you have to do is cut your calories down mm-hmm, and exercise more. And 
any of us who've tried that, and I always say, let's all ten go away to a camp for a month, and we'll all eat less, exercise more, and let's see what happens. If we were bank accounts, we could tell exactly how much weight we'd lose. But it's very interesting. Ten people could go to a camp. Some would gain. Some would lose. Some would stay exactly the same. And when they look at what's happened over the past 20 years, our weight gain doesn't match the amount of calories we've consumed and the amount of exercise we've done. So clearly there's something else going on out there. It's just people don't want to talk about the impact of our chemical cuisine and our frankenfats and the pesticide-laden foods and the xenoestrogens that are totally destroying our endocrine system and making us fat stores. What are xenos? What did you say? Xenoestrogens. Those are those fake estrogens. They're in the plastics. They're in the pesticides. It's why girls are getting periods at 10 when they should be getting them at 16. It's scary stuff. I mean, that's that's one of the things. You know, I, I'm going to tell this stuff today, but don't think, oh, my God, I've got to go into my bed, pull the covers up, and prepare to die. It's really now that we know this, we can become proactive and we can make the effect because all of these things going on in the environment, our body protects ourselves by storing them in our fat and slowing down our our temperature gauge. You know, how do you want to make, what, what do you do, what does your body do to make a reaction happen faster? If we were in a chemistry lab, how could we make a reaction happen faster? You, you know? Heat it up. So if you've got a lot of pesticides and nasty stuff in your body, what's your body going to do to protect itself? Cool it down. Huh. Slow things down. And so that's what we're seeing with a lot of this is that you see a lot of endocrine disruption because of a lot of things going on. So whether it's high fructose corn syrup or aspartame, you know, they can have these effects. Maybe you're craving sugar. Maybe you're stressing out your body and depleting your serotonin. It all, when you weave it, it's a very complicated web. But the cool thing is it can all be fixed by diet and lifestyle. So would being, would being in a sauna help excrete some of this stuff in the fatty tissue? Oh, hugely. Now, one of the things is we always say better out than in, but you also have to be careful because depending on how much you have of toxic load, I call it the total toxic burden, and I actually have a quiz on this if you want to have it on your website. Um, you know, the sicker you are, the more gentle you have to do this, and people should be detoxifying on a regular basis. Obviously, sweating is so great, so go work out, you know, exercise, drink more water, eat fiber. Infrared saunas, which aren't so much about heat, but they get in deeper, are fabulous. Where do you find them? You know, they're inexpensive enough that you can actually have them at your house. They're, I think, $3,000. So, you know, it could have been a great Valentine's Day present, right? Um, but High Tech Health is one company that has, has infrared saunas. If you go online, I'm sure there's other ones. And then there's a lot of doctors now that are doing a lot with detox, everything from foot baths on up that, are, that have them in their office. But, you know, detoxification can be as simple as not drinking the diet sodas with the aspartame. It can it can be any level, and you just start with a little bit, maybe double your water intake, add more green vegetables. All these sea vegetables and deep, deep green leafies that have things like chlorophyll in them that can be detoxifying and pull out some of the heavy metals. It doesn't have to be, you know, this 180-degree lifestyle change tomorrow. It can be by starting to add in these habits one by one until you take them and make them truly a habit in your life. Tell them what aspartame does. Aspartame, and I just got some more studies on it. The, the aspartame does a couple different things. You know, the FDA's gotten more complaints on aspartame than everything else combined. Um, besides the, the mini seizure activity, the thing it really does that I think is scary on the brain is that because it competes with, it, it brings up phenylalanine, it competes with serotonin, drops your serotonin levels down. Serotonin is your feel-good brain chemical. It's inhibitory brain chemical, and it turns out it's depleted by stress. So we kind of are a serotonin-depleted country anyway because we're under such chronic stress. 
and we're not out in the sunshine and we're not doing things that raise serotonin. You also build serotonin by eating well and having good gut function, which a lot of us, you know, I'm a nutritionist, I see problems with that on a daily basis. So aspartame, you know, if you think of the catch-22, people are drinking diet sodas because they don't want to eat sweets, but then it depletes their serotonin, and if you have low serotonin, you crave sweets. And so it's kind of that thing where you see someone having a diet soda and cookies, you know. So not only do we have the neurotoxic effects of that, we all know that, that these diet sodas, that if they get warm, that the aspartame actually converts over to formaldehyde. Well, with diet sodas and sitting out in a warehouse over 104 degrees that you know of, you know, they're not keeping them in refrigerated compartments when they're shipping them. All right. You know, so that's the other scary part of it. But there was another interesting study, and it has to do with calorie regulation. They took mice and they gave them um, sugar water and regular food, and they were able to keep their homeostasis, regulate their calories very easily to how much they needed to, to maintain their current weight. Then they gave them uh, an aspartame water and let them eat food. And they started eating more food because they needed more calories, right? Now... The scary thing was when they went back to the sugar water and the regular food, they now overate the food because they'd lost their ability to regulate their calories. Huh. Yeah. So on so many different levels, and, and let's not even talk about what it does to your bone density because if you drink one diet soda, you need 32 glasses of water to buffer your pH back up to normal. Otherwise, you leach calcium out of your bones. You know, so you've got that situation going on too, and and being overly acidic is linked with almost every major health problem out there. So you've got that one too. Right now, I'm overly acidic. What's my best course of action? You are. Why? Why would such a nice person like you be overly acidic, Val? I because I'm neurotic. Okay. Well, let's say let's say that Val hypothetically is is overly acidic. I'd have to see you pee on a stick to confirm this, but. Let's say that you are. The easiest way to do it is to eat from the rainbow. Get some veggies in at every meal and have a little bit of fruit for one of your snacks, a low glycemic berries. I always love organic berries. Remember, strawberries are like little pesticide sponges, so we've got to make sure we get them organic. Um, but greens at every meal and then things that help buffer your pH and that are alkalizing, or alkalizing are glutamine, calcium, magnesium, potassium. So all of those great minerals also help bring your pH back up. Now, you people may not realize that they're acidic, so tell them what some of the symptoms are of this. Well, you know, one of the easiest ways to know, it's, it's, you're not going to feel as many acidic symptoms, unfortunately. It would be great if you did. It would be great if you say, oh, you're acidic, you're going to have heartburn. They're not going to really notice it. What they might notice is some fluid retention. That's one of the things that might happen, but probably they won't notice anything. So more I'd say take a look at your diet. If your diet doesn't include a good amount of water, if your diet is, if you're washing your car, you know, and filling up your car with sodas and coffees instead of clean water, that's number one. If you're not eating these nice balanced meals where you're including a vegetable in each meal because... Proteins are very acidic in nature, protein and grains. Most people now, if you look at the standard American diet, the fad diet, it's a very acidic load of a diet. People sit down, they have what, a burger, coke, and fries. Okay, well, And they I'm, might have one lettuce leaf in there, right? If they're, if they're, if they're having joint aches, there's a good chance that they're acidic. Joint aches, but, you know, again, I mean, there's a lot of things that could be a symptom of, of, of being acidic, but it also could be a, a food sensitivity. 
Okay, but um, it could be a fatty acid deficiency. So, you know, I to me the acidity one is so easy because all you have to do is buy those pH strips at any pharmacy and pee on them. That's exactly. And, but you don't, I happen to like the one you stick under your tongue. But um, the litmus paper, you guys. A litmus paper is a way that you can correct and you can measure, and your your pH level will change throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but what what I'm suggesting is that you check out this litmus paper thing and actually get responsible because it's what would you say, um, JJ, under six and a half, under. You want to well, really, it depends on where you're getting it from. So if you're looking at urine, it's going to be different than if you're looking at saliva. So I go by urine, and, and urine, you're going to see people really in the range 6.4 to 6.8 is actually fine. Um, If they're lower than that, though, they've got a big acid load, and you'll catch people way lower than that, especially if they have a typical, you know, coffee and a donut for breakfast. Right. Total acid load. I've been using the saliva one, and I've been trying to keep myself above 6.5, right around 7. And and Mm -hmm. then what happens if you go too alkaline? Um, Too alkaline is not good either, but it's very rare to see. Both sides are dangerous, um, but you just, you know, alkalosis or is another bad state to be in. But I just, you know, again, it, that's more of a metabolic disorder. It's not going to happen because of diet, what you're going to see in diet. Because, again, our body works to maintain this homeostasis. So you're only going to see mild acidity, but it's only, even mild acidity will start to cause problems with leaching calcium out of the bones. Because, again, what our, our body is fighting to maintain homeostasis here. I cannot tell you how important I think this, knowing what your body's pH level is, it's a major factor. And I honestly can't imagine, based on what I see being offered to the American public for food, I would guess that at least half of our country is in the low pH range, wouldn't you? Or maybe uh, No, I'd guess 90% of the country is in the low pH. You know, they say two-thirds of us now are overweight or obese, but it doesn't mean that the other third are healthy. If you really look at what people are eating and that you need to be eating five to ten servings of vegetables a day, and that doesn't mean iceberg lettuce and a potato, right? People just aren't getting that in. So we have such a huge acids load. And if you look at what's really different between us and our Paleolithic ancestors, it is that net acid load. We used to have 20 times the potassium that we now have in the diet. It's just amazing the acid load that we now have. So it's one of the easiest things to do. And if you think about what happens when you add more green vegetables and more vegetables overall into the diet and then a little bit of low glycemic organic fruit, is not only are you going to have a better acid alkaline balance, and acidity, again, is an environment where tumors like to grow, et cetera. So not only are you going to have a better, healthier environment there, it's also detoxifying. It's also satiating. These things have more fiber, so they slow down gastric emptying. They keep a hormone called ghrelin, which is a hormone that your stomach releases to tell you that you should eat again when your stomach is empty. So there's so many other things that these do as well. They've got all these great antioxidants. They're good for your skin. I, I say it's like taking your skin to the gym. They reduce inflammation. So it's it looks you look at one thing and what a snowball of success it can start. I just just starting to do that because, yeah, again, you're not going to fix your pH by drinking coffee and having donuts. You're uh-huh. forced to go out and eat a rainbow of, of produce. So that's, that's great. Um, we actually have some other editors, um, Lisa Molson, we have Debbie Ringchop, we have George Richeski, and we have Cherie Ross. And um, they're all very uh, interesting people, and I wondered if any of you had a question that you wanted to ask of JJ. Uh, yeah, it's Lisa Molson. 
Hi. I just wanted to know if uh, you have, if you know of any research uh, uh, regarding health migraines. Migraines. Well, you've got to figure out why the migraines are happening. And the first thing that I do when I look at migraines is I think of a couple different things. I think of food allergies, and not the food allergies like we typically think of where you eat shrimp and you break out in hives. That's called an IgE response. I think of a food sensitivity is really what it should be called. It's an IgG response because those things, and I'll give you an example. I'm working, I worked with Superman um, to get Brandon Routh ready for 2006, and we just ran a test on him, and he'd have these headaches. And we ran a food sensitivity test and found out he had a big reaction, four plus, on eggs, which he loves, which is always the giveaway, right? You love something, you can't live without it. To me, I'm going to look at your body's launching a hyperimmune state on it. So the first thing I'm going to look at is to make sure that it's not something like a food allergy, and that's the IgG type. So we run a salivary IgG test on him. The second thing I'm going to say is, is it hormonal? And is it hormonal? You know, and you'll see this with women, so just track when you have those migraines. And a lot of times um, we can work on things that help balance the hormones more and then you don't see the, the migraines happen. The things I like to use for headaches are magnesium and I like to use an Albion chelate magnesium because it's best absorbed. So like a bisglycinate magnesium because magnesiums are rock, right? It's not well absorbed. Well absorbed magnesium can be absorbed very high, but poorly absorbed is something like 5%. Epsom salts bath because they're also a great source of magnesium. And then um, fever fuel. In, in 60% of cases, fever fuel will work, but you've got to give this a three-month trial. The other thing you want to, you know, again, tracking these things because it may be a toxic exposure in the environment. Like aspartame is notorious for getting headaches. If I have aspartame, if it gets snuck into something, I will get a headache immediately from it. So it takes kind of journaling to track what the lifestyle habits are. You know, is it stress-related, hormone-related, toxin-related, food sensitivity-related, and then we go about hitting it. But the first thing I always do is go for magnesium and fever fuel while it's happening. And one of the things, if you do have someone going through a big migraine, is try putting them on um, just getting to a doctor who will give them an injection of magnesium. can take it right away. It's pretty amazing stuff. The other thing to think about is to make sure that your diet, just like we have a diet now that's a very acidic diet, we also have a very pro-inflammatory diet. And one thing that you can do to, because headaches, of course, are inflammatory in nature, as is most disease, is make sure that the diet you're doing isn't increasing inflammation. So what are things that increase inflammation? Sugar is one of the most inflammatory, damaging things that we can eat. And sugar is everything from Snickers bars to white bread, right? And then the types of oils that you use, I call it making an oil change. So doing things like the monounsaturated fats like extra virgin olive oil and then the great omega-3 fats like um, cold water, clean, lean fish, not the stuff that's been farm-raised and fed Purina soy chow, and then um, flaxseed and hemp seed and things like that. So making that oil chains away from rancid, and anything you're buying over-the-counter at a grocery store is rancid. Just assume it is, okay? Wow. I know, it really is. I mean, all those vegetable oils in the big containers and the light containers exposed to light, the processing itself is so heat processed, they're all rancid, but they pull the stuff out so you won't taste it, you know, and, and, and freshen it up. But all that stuff is garbage. You need to buy oils in small containers. They need to be in darkened bottles. They need to be organic because, remember, fats where pesticides and stuff are stored, um, and they need to be that cold first press, not expeller pressed and not regular pressing that uses chemicals. So we don't want any heat or chemicals used in the processing. 
or actually low heat because they have to use a little. George? Anyway. Yes, JJ, this is George. Question. Cherie, do you have a question? I have a question, Val. Okay, George, go for it. JJ, you mentioned um, the artificial sweeteners being something that can contribute to uh, low serotonin levels and depression. What are some of the other dietary things that we can do to help address uh, depression? Oh, this is such a great one, George. Thank you. First off, I mean, depression just is another one of those areas that gets me so upset because it's not a Prozac deficiency. And one of the things is, and I'm not going to say, hey, don't use meds. If you've got someone who's suicidal, you do what you need to do to get them out of that state. But then whatever we do, we have to keep asking the question, why? And believe me, we need to do this in the integrated health field as much as they need to do it in the allopathic model. So let's say that someone is depressed and they put them on Prozac. Well, the next level is why. Now, if they're depressed because their husband died, that's one thing. But if they just had this chronic low-grade depression, which is what you'll see, let's start looking at why is this happening. I like to do neurotransmitter testing, and I do it through organic acid where I can actually see in the urine um, how what they're dumping out. So they might dump out high levels of different organic acids, and it tells me if they're having problems with dopamine, with serotonin. And, and it's very interesting because we tend to think serotonin all the time with depression, but when you look at a lot of the new pharmaceuticals, they actually affect serotonin and dopamine because dopamine is kind of the master, you know, master control switch here. It can go either way. So you really serotonin and dopamine are so critical here. But why is this happening? So let's look at a couple things. Is it Could it be that they are deficient in the cofactors that their body needs to make serotonin, dopamine, GABA, all the important neurotransmitters? Because if they're deficient in those, they can't make their neurotransmitters. Okay, so B-complex. How many people you know that are stressed out? You blow out your Bs. So B-complex is critical. That's another thing I'll look at in organics to see if they're deficient in B. Vitamin C, it's the handmaid that's going to help you make your neurotransmitters. How's your gut working? Do you have low stomach acid? Do you have something called hypochlorhydria? Because if you do and you cannot digest your proteins well, how are you going to make your neurotransmitters? Because that's how you make them. So how's gut function going? This is huge. Are you giving yourself the building blocks to make these things? You need to make, you need to have high quality protein to make your neurotransmitters. So are you doing that? Are you sleeping well? You make your neurotransmitters when you sleep. If you're not sleeping well, you're not going to be able to make your brain chemicals. Now, you look at people that are depressed, and a lot of times you'll find folic acid deficiencies, omega-3 deficiencies, okay? But a lot of times, too, you know, we give people serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Why? To keep serotonin more around the synapses, but that's keeping it around. What about filling back up the tank? And it turns out that serotonin works hand-in-hand with our major neuroinhibitory transmitter, GABA. So I like to start when someone's on an SSRI and I will work with their medical doctor because they'll come in on one and they don't want to stay on it because of the sexual dysfunction, the sleep problems. Anyone I've seen who's been on them too long starts to have sleep problems. So if they aren't someone who's got severe depression, mild to moderate depression, I work with their doctors and they have to work with their medical doctor. And we've been able to get them off of them by getting their fish oils up, by working on that diet, by working on their gut function, by supplying them the cofactors they need to make the neurotransmitters, by working on their sleep, by giving them starting out with GABA because it turns out that the serotonin system really should be called the serotonin GABA system. So I give them actual GABA. And you can use glutamine, glycine, things that your body can make GABA from. But I like to give them actual GABA. And what is GABA helping them? GABA is your, it's gamma amino butyric acid. And it's a major, it's, it's one of, it's your major neuroinhibitory brain chemical. 
Now, when you say neuroinhibitory brain chemicals, it's, it's one of the ones that's, you know, we've got the ones that are excitatory, and then like norepinephrine, like, you know, like adrenaline we know is excitatory, okay? Um, dopamine can go either way, but we always think of it more as excitatory neurochemical, right? Serotonin is more calming, and um, which is why if someone takes too much Prozac or Zoloft, they kind of lose their, you know, they don't really care. They don't lose, they lose their motivation. They lose something called their salience. They just aren't, they don't, they lose the get up and go. We're running out of time, but I'm almost like wanting to have this dictionary go with you step by step because some of these words are very new for me. Um, is there anything on your website about this at jjvirgin.com? I don't know if there is on this one. Um, I'd love to do a whole show just on this one. I think the takeaway for people, if they are, is no matter what, you can always add GABA or taurine or theanine. These are all things that your body can use to make GABA from if you're on an SSRI safely. That's that will probably make it so you don't need to take more of that. You can stay to stay. Like some people get to one dose and they're not feeling well. This this may be a way to add to it. But just I think we should need to do a whole show just on 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 mood management and things that you can do naturally because it's amazing. I mean, this happened for a reason. It didn't happen because you had a Prozac deficiency, right? You're at, you're you're bringing up a lot of really important issues, and we're actually out of time. But what you're, we're also out of is translation. Like, how does the words that you, um, I've never I like Some it. of this stuff is on video clips that I, I will have up on my website soon. I put a whole thing on neurotransmitters on video clips. I can actually send you those, Val. That would be such a cool thing to do. I really... All right. So, I want to thank you for being here, and I'm going to see if I can get you around more often. Thank you. Uh, JJ Virgin, uh, Def Attack, Dr. Phil, all of you, you, you had your yourself in the right place when you pick this woman to have a talk. And the things that she's saying, we need to learn what she's talking about because what she's talking about is our vital essence, our vital self. And what we think of in terms of longevity and things of that nature would have nothing, they would hold no reference to what happened if we followed the rules that J.J. is putting out. So visit her website at jjvirgin.com. Visit our website at wakingupinamerica.com. Please fill in the uh, registration on the side. We'll send you information every week letting you know who's going to be on. Also, you can ask a question of any of our editors or guests by calling toll-free 866-RADIO-99. Once again, that's toll-free, 866-RADIO-99. And I'm sorry, J.J., I can't let you go until I let Cherie Ross ask you a question, even if I cramp up a little of my own time. So, Cherie, I know you've got to have a question for her. Actually, you, I could kiss your feet right now. You are so brilliant. Oh, I don't know. I just got back from the gym. I wouldn't, wouldn't advise that one. <laughs> no, I'll just put a little lavender oil on them and they'll be fine. No, I just, the only thing I want to say is have you ever looked at using the essential oils at a therapeutic level to assist the body with everything you've been talking about? I believe in this total community approach to health and you know, I work with someone because we cannot, you know, what do they say, master of all trades, jack yes. of all trades, master of none. <laughs> so I have a very good friend who's, a, who's an expert in essential oils, and I think it's one of the best things you can add into a therapy. It's just amazing the results you can get with it. So I'm a big proponent of that. One of the main oils is very simple one is clove will actually pull the xenoestrogen-producing phthalates and different chemicals out of the body, out of the tissue very quickly. Another one is actually helichrysum, which will pull it out of the brain. 
Fantastic, because I will tell you, I went through a really bad car accident, and um, I used essential oils as one of the ways to reduce the pain, and it was very effective. Yeah, helichrysum is amazing. So I just wanted to say thank you, and you and I need to talk. I'd like to get you on one of my conference calls. Uh, Great. All righty. Yeah, you bet you do. I'm telling you, this this is a very good connection. I, I appreciate it so much. JJ, bless your heart. If you want to stick around, you're welcome. And if you need to run, um, you can just drop off. <laughs> All righty. Thank you. You're, you're totally welcome. Uh, Debbie Ringchop is yes. Retirement Rescue. And I know Debbie Ringchop has just gotten an earful, like I have as well. So, Debbie, uh, what do you have to say if you want to comment um, on what you've just heard, or uh, does that how does that fit with finances, or does it at all? Well, I really like what JJ just said that you can't be the master of all trades. You got to get your own Olympic class team in there. And so today's segment, I was going to talk about the Olympic class teams that we need to put in our lives, and it's going to be somebody around your health. It's got to be somebody around your finances got to be somebody to help you run all those errands that get in the way of you really being the best you can be. So one of the things I think is interesting, when you look at, say that you have a stick that you stab into the ground and it's standing there, and you have three different people looking at it, they perceive it differently. You know, a beaver looks at that stick, they think of it, well, that's nourishment. Caveman looks at the stick, oh, that's for warmth, I can make a fire. But Archimedes looks at that stick and goes, hmm, this is a lever. I could move the world. So we have to really think about things that will help us move the world. And our whole thing is creating what is the fulcrum, figuring out where that stick should be, what's going to be the pivot point that's going to help us really be able to take ourselves to a better place. And the fulcrum, just as a definition says, it's, the support about which a lever turns, it supplies capability for action. So we need to figure out how to be in the best place. When we take our team and they're out there helping us as professionals like accountants and attorneys and CPAs, etc., you need to be sure that they are fully on board with what you need in your particular situation. Often... They just haven't heard or learned about something that may be out there that could help you. Say we take an approach on an idea of how to save taxes. You might ask your CPA, well, is this something I could do with my business? They might say, yeah. In the meantime, well, could I save a bunch of taxes this way? Yeah. Well, why didn't you tell me about it? Oh, because you didn't ask. Or often it's going to be somebody you get an inexperienced accountant. They just may not even know about some of the options out there. They may not be as up to speed on what's available. So you really want to be looking for people that are at the level where you need to be going and not somebody that's just mediocre, barely getting along. If if you're constantly getting yourself into tax audits, you might want to look back at the CPA. Maybe they just aren't the appropriate one to keep you on the right track. So we certainly don't want to have audits if possible. You need to have an experienced accountant, that not somebody that goes into gray areas, but somebody that will really look out and say, you know, we ought to get together every year. It's like parachuting out of a train. You don't want to hear out of an airplane, excuse me. You don't want to hear an accountant screaming, 
hey, did I tell you about the parachute, by the way? <laughs> you want to know in advance that you have the right team in place, so you got to ask him a couple of questions. You want to ask these three questions of your CPAs and attorneys especially. What have I, meaning you, the attorney or CPA, done to create value for my family over the last 12 months? Second question, what am I going to do in the next 12 months to create value for this family? And third, what makes me unique and why should you continue to do business with me? You need those answers from your CPAs or your attorneys to be sure they are working with you. You don't want to have your attorney or your CPA saying, hey, by the way, did I not tell you about that parachute after it's already too late? You want to know before it comes too late. So, um, Val, you're going to have to keep me on track because I totally lost track of what time I started. <laughs> okay, well, you actually are very good. You actually have 30 seconds. Wonderful. Well, wild. I'm just going to say, we're going to end this primarily with Paul Harvey is famous for saying, so now, do you know the, now you know the rest of the story. The main thing is, be sure you don't have somebody saying, well, nobody told me about the rest of the story. Go out there, ask the questions of your your team, and make sure that they're really up to speed with you. This was Debbie Ringchop, your doctor for money. Today's segment was part of my retirement rescue program. Remember, pay yourself first, learn to become your own bank, and enjoy the great riches you well deserve. For more information, please email me at debbie at wakingupinamerica.com or call me toll-free at 866-RADIO-99. Thanks. Thank there you, you go. Know. That's great. Let me ask you a question. Lisa, are you there? Yes, I am. That was a pretty powerful conversation that you had with JJ. Now, I know you do Family Matters. Um, does that fit in with your conversations of family? You, you, I can imagine what a migraine well, family. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. It would be something that I, we would handle. I wanted to share today the benefits of holding family meetings um, and topics like she talked about um, uh, certainly come up in those types of environments. And she was awesome. I loved having her on. I hope we can bring her back again. Uh, this is Lisa Molson with Family Matters, and I wanted to share with you the benefits of holding family meetings We've all heard that having date nights or family fun nights are really beneficial to helping build family in your in your relationships. <clears throat> the purpose for family meetings really brings about some great results. The benefit is a home that is running more efficiently, a family living more fully, and a great connectedness with one another. And some of the things you can co- accomplish with family meetings, you can hold these as often as necessary. Some of the first things that you want to do is is define the roles of, of the individuals in the family. And sometimes those roles are interchanging because it depends on who's the head of the household. Sometimes it's a single-parent home or you've got <clears throat> roommates or you've got blended families and things of, like, things of that nature. And sometimes some people are not around or the adult's not around, so you need to have some kind of uh, flow of who's in charge whenever, you know, when somebody's not there. So defining roles is a really good thing to address during a family meeting. Creating rules, rules of, of how to, uh, what kind of chores that will need to be done, what are the consequences that will happen if you don't get your chores done, things of that nature. Um, and, and it also creates a place for breakdowns and grievances to be addressed. Sometimes 
um, even in business. And we all know how to function, and these are is great advice for people in business, you know, month, uh, weekly meetings or um, um, after-game uh, breakdown and breakout meetings and things like that. But at home, what are we doing at home to pull everybody together and say, okay, what's working, what's not working in our lives, and how can we how can we empower one another, or what kind of issues are you facing, and, and is there anything that we can do to support you? It's that kind of time that you give your individual family members that opportunity to address those types of things. Also, it's time to plan family trips. And also life planning, just like uh, Debbie addressed and or, you know, uh, what J.J. was talking about. What kind of diets? What are the impact of diets? I have a son that does have migraines and he continues to have them. And I certainly am interested in any, any kind of research that comes up. And those types of things that we can address at family meetings and or get-togethers. Of course, you can do that anytime. But what can we do collectively? What kind of food do I buy in the house to support everybody on, on their lifestyle and what they're eating, you know, things of that nature. So that would be something I would address with my son. But, you know, what schedules are going on? What's everybody doing? We've got, uh, you know, what's coming up is Easter. What's everybody doing on Easter vacation? What are, you, what are we going to be doing this summer? And, you know, just planning out your life so your life flows so much better. And people get to do the things that they want. Sometimes I've, I've found myself planning the last minute and just throwing things together, and I and I feel like I've ripped myself off of an experience that I think I could have, me and my family could have enjoyed much better had we planned more. So these family meetings are great opportunities to do that. So I, I strongly urge you to take some time and say, hey, you know what, we're going to have some family get-togethers and get sit down and talk about family business because that's the number one business of your life. And this is Lisa Malson saying that when you strengthen your family, you strengthen our whole world. So if you'd like to get any more information, you can email me at Lisa Molson at Verizon.net or call at call us at 866-RADIO-99. And it's a toll-free call. Or you can go to the website and you can email any of the editors from the website and you can drop into her store. I'm going to get Lisa to put something in that store. She's got really good taste. <laughs> uh, right. So uh, Signing off from San Francisco. I'm in the city again. So. Are you really? All right. <laughs> yes, I am. Yep. We've got to do a segment called Lisa on the Move. <laughs> she she is traveling more than anybody that you can imagine here. Um, we'll have to check with Cherie here. Cherie Ross, is there some kind of an oil for travelers to keep them centered? Yes. Yes. What would it's it called, be? It's called grounding. Grounding. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and there's another one actually called present time that assists your body in moving through multiple time zones. Really? It works with, yeah, it works with your uh, body clock. Mm-hmm. So it has to do with, like, you'd take this if you were traveling to Europe or something? Yeah, you just put it on your thymus and put the grounding on the bottom of your feet. Yep. So today, we I could not have had a better opening act, if you will, than J.J. Virgin. What, what J.J. talks about and what she shared with us is exactly what I eat, breathe, sleep, and dream. And let me just share with you some things that um, in her short time I will um, add a little bit more information. Number one, acid. The aciding of America. Like she said, about 90% of Americans are acidic. Now, why is that so bad? Well, I want to mention to you, we were talking this morning on on our team call about all these Olympic athletes getting injured. I can tell you right now, the number one cause of injuring is, is in addition to obviously having an accident, but where the tissue actually is, is quite severely damaged is acid. The more acid you are, the more you will become injured for even a small, significant fall 
or, and I'm not talking about these giant, you know, falls down the mountain, but I'm just talking take, step in, stepping off a step and spraining your ankle. So what would be the, what would be the, um... The number one cause of acid in America, are you ready? Other than sugar? Coffee. I was going to say soda pop and coffee, but... Yep, yep. Well, actually, coffee is going up up above soda pop right now for consumption because children as young as 10 and 11 are now going to Caribou and Starbucks and ordering coffees. I saw it the other day. Yes. So, a couple things. One, for every cup of coffee you drink, you need to rehydrate your body with 64 ounces of water. And I can tell you right now, the number one cause of headaches or migraines is lack of hydration in the brain. So, if they drink the cup of coffee and they drank 64 ounces of water, would it, would it be okay? It would neutralize, it would assist the body in neutralizing the hydration level. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that if somebody really wants to have coffee, they can have it, but they have to drink 64 ounces of water so, to not harm themselves. That's in addition to their body weight in water. Jesus H. God. Yep. So you got to do your body weight in water, ounce per pound of good, pure spring water, plus then 64 more ounces. So I don't know very many people are willing to do that. So that is one thing. And if anybody wants to know where to get their hands on that pH paper, if you can't get it in your local drugstore, just get a hold of me and I can get you some because I I sell it in my classes. Now, she mentioned something regarding aspartame with headaches. Another thing is MSG. MSG is a known and it has the same effect on the body as aspartame. It also kills nerves and it causes you to eat more. So she was so right on. And MSG is even in things like Campbell's Soup. You don't know it, but it's there. So I invite you all to start becoming label readers. Now, she also mentioned things regarding headaches. And I'm going to mention something that I work with. It's a special form of calcium. And this particular calcium has exactly the balance of magnesium, calcium, potassium, and a few other minerals so that it's readily assimilatable in your body. And you actually can feel a difference within 20 minutes of taking it. So that will be, and it also, one of the side effects is it helps to manage proper pH levels, so it helps to combat the uh, too much acidity in the body. And that is a very special calcium that I work with. The name of it happens to be called MegaCal because of how it is blended with these other minerals. And this will help a lot for people who have headaches. Now, let me go to another aspect which she talked about and, and went into great detail, and that was xenoestrogens how these xenoestrogens are causing us to become overweight. What happens is the body, in, in, it, in these, these chemicals that are in our, our typical products, personal care products, actually leave behind molecules in our body of toxins, and our body cannot digest them, and they encapsulate themselves in fat, and they create more fat to encapsulate themselves in. So it will virtually be impossible to lose weight if you have these chemicals in your body, and we all do. So one of the things that can help, as I mentioned talking to JJ, is there's an oil that I work with called Longevity. Longevity oil literally was created to digest these toxic chemicals out of the body so that it can reset your body's metabolism and assist your body in maintaining healthy levels and balance and proper fat ratio in the body. And they come in capsules or it comes in an oil you can apply topically, but I recommend the capsules because it works better to digest the toxins when you get it inside. Okay, so that is, and I was going to do something fun for Valentine's Day, but I'm out of time. So I think at the end of this month, the last call of the month, I'm going to talk about romance and essential oils and how, right. to, how to increase it. Because next next week I want to talk about brain function 
and I really want to go into nutritionally, what can you do so that you do not have these mood imbalances, and I'm, I'm going I'm to hit it hard, and I'm going to hit it solid. So please stay tuned, and I look forward to uh, hearing from you all. And if you'd like to contact us, call us at toll-free 866-RADIO-99 or wakingupinamerica.com, or you can reach me at www.young-living.net. And thank you very much. We'll call her at toll-free 866-RADIO-99. And uh, leave a message for her, for Sheree or any of the radio team. Actually, Sheree, next week we're going to have Suzanne Lopez, who's written a book called Get Smart With Your Heart. Oh, really? Oh, you're going to have some fun with that. Oh, yes. Uh, I guarantee you. And now we have our leadership conversation with George Rucheski, who's We've been talking about the Olympics this morning. We've been talking about all kinds of things. It's really fun to interact with this team. So, George, what, what's your message on leadership for us today? Well, it's interesting, Val. We've been talking today about what's going on inside our bodies, but I've been making some observations about what happens based on the way in which we uh, dress. And there were several things that, that were coming together uh, for me on this. In our book, True Leaders, we were interviewing David Walker, who's the Comptroller General of the United States. And when he went into his first executive meeting, he said he walked into the conference room, and there were 20 top executives sitting there at attention, suits buttoned, and sitting in the same chairs that they'd probably been sitting in for many, many years before he came in. He said, I sat down, I took off my coat, and hung it on the back of the chair. It was the first time in 50 years anybody had taken their coat off for an executive meeting. People were shocked. I said, look, we're not here to impress each other. We're here to get our job done. If you feel more comfortable taking off your coat, feel free. And it was that we wear formal stuff, and it blocks us off. It somehow affects how we interact with other people. At the opposite end, though, and a number of organizations have discovered this, that where they're doing casual Fridays, that they've had to reestablish some level of you can't put these kinds of clothes on. You have to have at least to the standard because they've discovered that without any sense of I'm, I'm dressing up at least to some level, folks tend to go to a lower level and it starts to affect how they operate, how they behave, how they interact uh, with each other. And I was a scoutmaster for a number of years, and in Boy Scouts, it was clear that when we asked the boys, expected the boys to be in the proper uniform, the behavior at the troop meetings improved. When we had them travel in their uniforms appropriately, they were better behaved at our stops along the way. Uh, and a number of pro- uh, public schools now are beginning to introduce uniforms so that the students are all dressing to a particular level, not dressing to impress, and not dressing to stand out either positively or negatively, but rather dressing to a standard. Classroom behavior, learning improves. So there really is something about when we care enough about the people around us to dress up, not fancy, not formal, but to dress up to convey a respect for the folks that we are around. It's true in the schools. It's true in the scouts. It's true.
true in our organizations. And part of that says, I care enough about others so that I will present a positive image, an image that indicates that I'm accessible. And that's particularly true with leaders because we have been brought up in a, uh, and socialized that somehow leaders are above us, leaders are hierarchical. And what we're discovering in the changing nature of our world, leadership, true leadership, is about how we influence people. And in order to influence people, we have to be accessible and we have to convey a respect for them. So when I go in to do a, a workshop with a client, frequently they'll say, well, we have business casual. You don't need to wear a tie. And my response will be, I will dress for the workshop, and I do have a number of theme ties that convey messages. But the more important piece is that I'm also conveying that I respect them, that I'm dressing up, not formal, but dressing up to be able to say, I respect you, I value you. And the ties become a, a conversation piece as well. So as you're going about your activities, think about, am I dressing to impress? And I think that's the wrong intention. Or am I dressing to convey respect? And that's something that will build relationships and engage folks in a very different way. This segment has been brought to you by True Leader Coach, Inc. Uh, we welcome your calls at 866-RADIO-99, and you can contact me or any of the editors by visiting our website, Waking Up in America, and our email address is our first name at wakingupinamerica.com. Oh, Back to you, Val. Thanks, George. And while you're over there, check on Nature's Conservancy Race for the Rainforest and click on Marine Wetlands. American Prairie, or Rainforest. And what happens is a sponsor will match you, and you can actually save land and territory in those areas at no cost to you, and the planet will greatly appreciate you. And uh, it's, it's a good thing to do. So I invite you to do that, and I invite you to send us an email. I invite you to invite your friends to sign up on the radio team and let us know what's happening. We'll send you something each week that lets you know that um, actually... We'll let you know next week that Suzanne Lopez of Get Smart With Your Heart is going to be on. And these are cool little um, advertisements that we send out for these people. They all come here to Waking Up in America to give you an interesting thought in your life. My segment I call As I See It. Now, I married into Kierkegaard's family, and um, I'm a Leo. So between those two, you have to know that I have an opinion about things. And I love having the editors that I have around and I was uh, because they bring up things that I wouldn't catch all by myself. When Debbie was talking about accountants who tell you later about something, we were actually talking about people that had to go through um, IRS audits this morning. I myself got into a situation with a corporation. It turns out, just as a point of interest, that... When you have S and C corporations, a corporation is a C corporation unless you declare it an S corporation. Now, for a lot of the world, that may not make a difference to you, but anybody that has a C or S corporation, you'll know that that makes a huge difference in how the the situation is handled. turns out that how you know if you have a C corp or an S corp is that your accountant will tell you or your accountant will ask you, do you want a C corp or an S corp? My accountant didn't find that necessary. 
and filed me as a C-Corp all the time I was thinking I was an S. Now, as I said, if you haven't been there, it's a little confusing, but here's the truth of it. It's like asking for, uh, it's like starting out with an orange and finding out that you can turn the orange into an apple, if you wish, simply by calling it an apple, i.e. calling the C-Corp an S, or you can find out later, big surprise, and they're organized very differently, and the person who decided it for you was your accountant. Now, if your accountant wasn't talking to you, you could be in for a big shock, like I was. So one of the things that I really encourage people to do is find a good network of referrals, and you want to check and make sure that there is, um, you know, if that accountant's had a lot of audits, that's not your accountant. That's not a person you want. Your accountant's job is to take care of you and make sure that life doesn't have big surprises for you. So that was what I was thinking about. I was remembering how much trouble that conversation of me not knowing whether I had a C-Corp or an S-Corp caused. Um, as you take a look at what Lisa Molson was talking about in Family Matters, she was talking about the family meetings. One of the things that Lisa does, though she hasn't mentioned it uh, today, is that her family actually has a vision of what they want. So she can take those family meetings and she can turn those family meetings into groups that actually create the family vision, which she does, by the way, very well. I mean, there's not enough time to tell you all the cool things that the people here on this team are doing. Um, as you listen to George talking about leadership, absolutely. I remember I was <laughs> as much... I remember when I was a Girl Scout and I wore my Girl Scout uniform that I was a much more thoughtful person because just putting on that Girl Scout uniform triggered me into what I stood for as a Girl Scout. And they had to kick me out of the Scouts. So... We're telling you some things that we've come across in hindsight. Maybe you have some things from your lives that you could tell us, things, circumstances that would um, point to what we're talking about. A way to do that is to go to our website at wakingupinamerica.com, put in your name, your email address, and in the comments box, just give us a comment. We'd love to hear what you have to say or um, we'll tell one of your stories on the radio. So that's a great invitation. Now, we've got a few minutes left in the program, you guys. And J.J. Virgin was um, what I'd call, I think, dynamic as an understatement. What would you like to say about, did, did J.J. affect you in any way, Cherie? Like, did something click for you? Or what happened um, when you heard her talk? Oh, just gratitude overwhelming. Um, what was really helpful is that she explained to everyone who was listening, and I hope those who refer people to listen to the recording, what aspartame does, because I run up against that wall all the time. Oh, it's not that bad. It's like you don't get it. Diet pop makes you gain weight. Okay? It makes you gain weight. It's that simple. Because it also damages your adrenal glands, which is the endocrine system, which messes up your cortisol, which makes it impossible when you have high cortisol to metabolize fat. So, anyways, I'm just grateful to her. I'm very grateful to her, and I'm grateful to all of you. You've been listening to Waking Up in America. We're produced by editorsonair.com, Dr. James Murphy in memoriam, our radio partners, coningcompany.com, and our associate producer. Thanks to J.J. Virgin today. Oh, gosh, you're hot, J.J. And our chief technical officer, Pete Laubach, and to the team at Voice America, and to Ben Meigen for the theme music you hear, Almost Ordinary People. He'd invite a friend to listen and try living up to Olympic standards. 
Thank you for joining us today for Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. Waking Up in America can be heard live every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific Time on voiceamerica.com and Valerie welcomes all emails at heavenincorporated.com.